You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Yeah. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. You already know on this show we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation of leaders. And today I got a special, special, special episode for you. Yo, I'm doing this thing solo. I haven't did a solo episode in probably around like 30. I was going to save it till episode 100 and I'm still going to do something special for episode 100. I just don't know yet. But a lot has been on my heart and a lot of people have been asking a lot of questions. And, and I just want to show y'all where I'm currently at, man. So today I'm going to talk about the top 20 mistakes that I have made in my speaking podcasting and business career thus far that is the tempo on the topic i'm being outrageously honest outrageously vulnerable and yeah hopefully i can get a lot of feedback from this show via linkedin via soundcloud via email all that good stuff on twitter let me know what's rocking let me know what you uh agree with let me know what you have encountered and we're going to break this thing down together. Before I jump into the show, I want to start off with two housekeeping things. One, if you haven't already, go to trailblazersuniversity.com. That is where I have a landing page for a site that I'm going to be starting in 2019. It's going to be a membership platform and every week we're dropping new content on that platform, video, audio. We're going to have live Q&As, accountability sessions. It's going to be a game changer for anybody that is in business or just life and needs that extra push in that personal development space. We're going behind the scenes with some of America's leading minority trailblazers in the realm of finances, real estate, app developments, websites, all that good stuff. Like It's like the Trailblazers podcast behind the scenes. Like We're going to focus a little bit on story, but not as much as we do on this podcast. Like We're going in knee deep into the operations. Like What software do they use? How much money are they really making? What are the unique benefits of XYZ? What are unique disadvantages? We're going behind the scenes with some of the leading trailblazers in a variety of different fields. And I just can't wait for you to join this, man. I really can't. So go to trailblazersuniversity.com to sign up for more information. Like when you when you sign up, that doesn't mean you're paying anything just yet. It just keeps you on the list. So when it does arrive, that you are the first to get discounts, the first to know. And all that great stuff, man. And we are building a rock solid foundation. So I want you to get in on the grass floor because this was going to happen, right? <laughs> As we continue to grow and expand, prices jump, things change. 
And I don't want I don't want anybody to be like, yo, G in on switched up on this, man. He, he now it costs a hundred dollars a month to do this. Nah, nah, get in on the ground flow, right? And be one of the original founders, one of the original the original trailblazers, what have you. <laughs> uh also too. I am having a, and now actually one spot is already taken off the thing. I have five spots left on my mastermind group. I just started a promotion today. It's going to be a six individual mastermind group as we close out the year. Nine sessions over the next two months starting November 10th, I believe. We're going to start that Saturday or Friday. Once we get the people in the group, we'll confirm actually the days and the times we'll actually be able to meet. But we're going to have hot seats, um, accountability, sharing resources, etc. And if you're not familiar with the kind of a mastermind group, rather, I want to give you some context. In 2013, I was a financial analyst. I had a website, but it was just really for blogging. That's why I wanted to be a blogger. I never delivered. I never delivered a keynote presentation. Like I always had that gift of communication and speaking, but never delivered a, a keynote and hadn't written a book and hadn't even heard a podcast. And with the mastermind group I joined in 2013, that's what gave me the inspiration to become a speaker, gave me the layout and some of the tools in order to start a podcast, as well as gave me the inspiration to say, yo, gee, you do have a story. I know I have a story, but I was going to wait till later in life to write the book. This is no writing now. And with their encouragement and their consistency, I was able to now, like I said, two books, over 200 live presentations. I mean, my speaking fees for college is around 35 to 4500 a keynote for colleges and that's gonna rise by the time you listen this is gonna rise so if you college person right now it's gonna rise <laughs> that doesn't mean that every single time i hit the stage i get that however that's the baseline and if i do if i go lower it's because i choose to go lower it's something that i committed to and i cool because i still do some kindergartens not kindergartens but um elementary schools middle schools high schools for free i do but it's because i choose to do it not because they choose so um, and now we're entering the corporate space. I can't wait. 2019, we're entering the corporate space. But yeah, this mastermind group, we're going to be working with individuals that are looking to start or end rather 2018 on fire and start 2019 focused, logged in and with a plan on how to execute, execute on their dreams and goals. So only serious individuals need to really apply because it's going to take a serious upfront investment to start. And we're really intentional. Like, if you have like average people in the group or people that's not putting forth effort, then the whole group suffers. Because as, as a mastermind works, you have goals on each call. You have people in hot seats, and what a hot seat is, is really I'm gonna call it a spotlight. What a spotlight is is say my goal was to lose weight, and I was having a problem with eating. Well, the people in the group will give you feedback on how to solve that problem, etc. And that's why it's important to have our diverse people in the group so they can give measured feedback, etc. And I, I just can't wait, man, to get started. So shout out to Mike Benjamin for taking advantage. He was one of the first people to say, yo, sign me up. Whatever you do, G, I got it. Sign me up. So shout out to Mike, man, and um, the, the others that are coming on. We're going to get excited. So I got five spots left. So make sure you go. And I'm just going to put the link out there, gregehill.com backslash mastermind. That's where you'll find more information about the program. And if you go to that link and it's dead, that means the program is no longer available right now. And there'll probably be a waiting list on it. Also, my website will be updated in the next two weeks. It's going to be brand spanking new. All my podcasts are going to be organized into topics and sections. I'm, I'm glad about that. It's going to be so crystal clean. And I'm just proud. Proud of the work that we were able to put in 
on the website and I have it finally, finally done. Also, one, one quick nugget. Uh, MailChimp is down. So I have my landing page for Trailblazer University on there. So if you go there and it is like an error, don't don't charge it to me. Charge it to MailChimp. So that should be fixed by the time this podcast goes live. So let's jump into the show. My top 20 mistakes in speaking, podcasting, and business. I'm going to start off with podcasting, right? So mistake number one that I believe I made in podcasting was no video. Through upwards to 100 episodes, I haven't recorded any video. And I know some of you may be asking, like, why Why is that really important, G? Like, why do you consider that a mistake? I feel as if some at some point around, like, 20 to 30 episodes, I really should have incorporated video maybe every once a month or not, like, every single day, but just having that video on there so my YouTube audience, not only can they hear audio, they can see faces and voices, as well as I know in the future, I want something like the State of the Culture podcast. I want to have live studio guests like Lewis House has, and that's where we're transitioning to. We're always going to have the audio uh, audio section, but I like there's something different when you have video. You can see people's faces. You can see people's emotions, the energy, and all that stuff, how they flinch if you ask a question they really don't want to answer, but they got to answer because they're on the podcast and all that good stuff. And I wish I would have tactfully incorporated video a little bit sooner into my platform and how I moved, and I think that would have been very, very helpful for me. Mistake number two, I stopped using Instagram on my personal account to promote the podcast around episode 30. So there's a large percent of my Instagram followers that do not even know I have a podcast. Like, it's, it's crazy. They don't know I have a podcast. I stopped around episode 35. And the reason was because I, at the time, I thought that me posting pictures of other people on my regular page would be like a detriment. Like, people wouldn't really rock with it. Or people would stop, the engagement would kind of drop. Because I really get kind of high engagement on my, my regular page. But I said I didn't want to kind of intertwine it. Which, in, in hindsight, I really should have just kept doing that. Because once people realize that that's kind of your thing, that you, you are a podcast and you will be promoting on your platform, then people start shifting. And they, they engage just like it's nothing. But you have to set that kind of routine. So I, I stopped a lot early. And I do have a Minority Trailblazers Instagram account. And honestly, it's dormant. I haven't posted since episode 79, and I was just posting pictures and not really engaging with people, etc. So that's one thing that I am going to change in 2019. I'm actually hiring a virtual assistant to kind of help me with that, and I will be managing it as well, but I have to use Instagram because I have people like, oh man, the Kayla Matthews and the side, shout out to the Side Hustle Pro Podcast. Like I remember when they first started, they reached out to me to, to, to get some tools and tips. I gave them all I could. And they take what I did and took it to the whole nother level and added a whole different, like, she's on a, I, I love the movement and what she's been able to do on Instagram. And I'm like, yo, gee, you just abandoned Instagram. But I want to I say this. I want to caution people, though. My platforms are LinkedIn and Facebook. The reason why LinkedIn, I have a, a pretty robust following and engagement level. Facebook, I understand Facebook ads, and I'm actually going to get back on promoting more ads. So I, I'm, I was really careful on dominating at least one platform, potentially two, before I focused on Instagram. Plus, I couldn't really verify the Instagram click-throughs because you only have one place you can add like a link. But now with ads, etc., it helps out. But I say that to say, find your one platform and just build on that. And then, of course, you can start adding on the other ones. But find one platform where you understand the language. You understand how it works and then go forward to it. And also, too, don't be afraid to spend money on advertisements. 
and make it segmented though. Don't just say advertisement to everybody is an ad. Like I didn't, I didn't. This should be a different advertisement for teens to adults to older adults, and depending on regions, etc. Like that specific that specificity is really useful. So I just challenge everybody to find your one platform. But I know my biggest mistake was not utilizing Instagram and just forgetting about it. And which leads me to my third biggest mistake. I did not create a group or a platform for my audience. Also, I didn't have an email list. I had an email list on my website. But for the people that listen to my podcast, I mean, we are almost at, we are a little couple months away from a million downloads. But honestly... I only have data, but with so many people, I don't have the emails. I don't, they don't have a place to go from just from my podcast listeners to get the emails or a community to talk about episodes after the fact and do all that good stuff. I didn't have one, and I still. So that's why we're creating Trailblazers University. But I, I let three years go by without having the community, and it's too late for me to do a Facebook group. Like Facebook group for me, honestly, is, is a lot of maintenance, a lot of input and feedback, and I, I'm just not here for it. However, I wish from the start, I would have probably started a Facebook group or some type of group to have and contain your audience. So that's for my podcasts out there. Have a group. Have a group when you first start out so people that listen to your show can engage with you, can ask you questions, and you can build that community of your own. So I I challenge y'all, please do that. Another mistake. I wish I would have started live events sooner. I'm talking about probably first 10 episodes, specifically if I knew it was going to be consistent. Um, I waited till around episode 60, and we did a tour. We did Harvard, NCAT, um, NCAT North Carolina a uh, West Coast, Houston, and a lot of other places. But I wish I would have started sooner. Like probably like episode 20. Like after I had my first season, I would have started doing, and it could have been in somebody's living room, like just 10 people doing live shows, and then graduated to 15 to 20, and doing pop-ups and all this other stuff. Like, I really wish I would have started much sooner doing live events. Like, I tell all my young podcasters, start do your live events early and set that culture and that expectation of live events and then move forward. And don't be afraid to charge. And then also, when you charge, have mastermind groups. Have um, have uh, pick your brain sessions. Like, diversify your offering. So, you do have a low price point, whether it's $10, people to 10 but also have different other options for those that may want to attend but want to take it to a next level so i wish i would have started sooner with live events the next thing mistake number five i should have created or i wish i would have created a standalone website of course now that it's kind of grown it's kind of the mono control is a podcast really synonymous kind of with myself However, as the, in the future, we're, we're going to be creating a podcast network. So we're going to include podcasts specifically tailored towards college students, uh, specifically tailored towards young adults, and then one specifically tailored towards high school students. So it's going to be as kind of a, a minority trouble as a network of podcasts that hit different audiences. So that's why I wish I would have created a standalone website. So only those interested in the podcast, because some of you, I mean, I, I'll be real. A, a lot of y'all rock with me, right? Y'all like the energy. Y'all like the motivation. But something like y'all come just for the for the guests. I'm real. I'm, I get it. I get it. I get it. You come for the guests. You come for their stories. So I, I, I wish I would have kind of put a, a line between them a little bit. And now the synonymous, like in the future, will probably it'll be a standalone. But it ain't that deep now. But if I would have started that at the beginning, it just would have been a lot easier to keep the focuses switched. Because now, I, like with my old website, you come. I'm a professional speaker. That's where I get majority of my income, right? But you come and it's really just a rolling blog and it has all my podcasts on it. 
So people see podcasters. So say, for instance, if like somebody, like one of you right now, you work at a corporate company, you like, yo, G is motivational. I want him to come speak for the interns and I know he'll kill it. But when, if you, if you share with your employer, they're like, oh yeah, bring him in. Let's just shoot me his website. They'll go to my website and I do have a speaking tab, but it has like a running blog. It has, it's all over the place. So that's why it was really hard in the beginning. And even up to this day, until I transferred to my new website, to really stamp like people don't like yo I've, I've spoken at like some of the biggest universities in the country and it's not reflected on my online presence and that's my fault because it has a lot of stuff into it so i would have created a standalone website mistake number six in my podcasting space i stopped writing pre i stopped writing a copy for all my guests to promote my shows probably around mid-2017. And what, what what does that mean? When I first guessed, I used to have pre-written copy for Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And it was all unique. It wasn't just like, hey, I got a podcast. It was it shared a little bit of their story. I tried to look at their they posts and see what kind of energy they usually brought to their platform. And I created so it was easy for people to share when they on the episode. Fast forward to now, I honestly do a lot of the promotion for the podcast, which is great. Now I have a big enough audience to do it myself. And I always tell podcasters, depend on your own promotion because some people are going to big time you. Some people, they just going to do the podcast and they're not going to promote the show. Just be real. However, I made it easier back in the day to do it. And now I'm, I'm in a point where I don't even send out links or send out any copy for them to use to promote the show. So I'm missing out on a lot of new listeners because of it. So that's one thing. And I'm going to go with a couple more things before I move on to speaking. The stuff that I haven't, I didn't even write down because I'm going, I'm looking at high level some mistakes. And one, I should have had more partnerships early on with maybe magazines or other influencers or other people that promote or look for my type of content so that it can go beyond just my LinkedIn, my Facebook and my Twitter and my advertisements. It can go to new audience untapped. Like maybe even paying for something with Blavity or something that already has my network, already has a following, and then gaining access to that specifically if I know if I'm adding value. So I have to, like, I'm, I got affiliations with the MLT program, which directly serves my, 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 my platform. Why not have a partnership or agreement where, say, I might bring on some MLT folk, but in exchange, you shoot your email list that I have, I'm interviewing X, Y, and Z. So I just would have been more savvy with my partnerships and all that good stuff. And as we close out the podcasting space, uh, my last thing that I would say is that I wouldn't had so much fear about trying new ways to promote it. Many of you, when you first start, you're going to like, that's why I see mistakes. I see people just post links and say, hey, listen to my podcast without drawing the people in, without making excitement or buzz. But trying out new things. So say, for instance, on LinkedIn, you had a picture and something deep about the podcast and then have a link. Or you have audio and then a link to the podcast, like a straight audio. When you come in, um, a, a, a sentence to bring their attention in and then like a, a juicy clip from the audio and then the link. And, and you're trying stuff out, seeing what works and what doesn't work. Not just focusing on one thing and doing it over and over again. If it doesn't work, saying, oh, man. Or if it doesn't work, that's all you do. Like as we transition with my, my podcast and by the way I market it, on LinkedIn, I'm, I'm, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Like I'm right now, it's just a picture and I give copy and I have a link. Well, I'm going to start experimenting with more YouTube. I might experience with more sound. But at the end of the day, it's about brand impressions, trying out what works, what doesn't work. But you won't know what doesn't work until you try something new. 
and you won't know what works until you continue to, to try other new things as well. So it's kind of like you just got to keep experimenting with this marketing thing. Don't just keep putting links out there and expect people to show up. Think about different ways. Like slow down. And this is for all my business owners before I go into speaking. Slow down. Think about different ways to market. The same thing can't just be putting out a link and expecting that people show up. When, especially when you first started. I, like when I first started, I was texting my friends individually. Hey, Jeremy, how are you doing today, babe? Hey, please, please, dog, check out my podcast. I'm just starting out. If you could, leave a review. Boom. What I would do, I would go to my notes tab. I would create a, I would create a bit.ly link and create a sentence that was personal, but I would just have hey and then insert name. So every single person, I would do it for like 100 people. Hey, April, how are you doing today, man? I just want to real quick get some support on this. And I think you'd be interested. Like, so really be intentional about your marketing. Don't just think because you just started. Because now this podcast everywhere. There's information everywhere. So be crystal clear. You can create customizable personal stuff, but hit their name. Because it's way different when somebody sends you their name in a text rather than saying, hey, I just started a podcast. Click the link. No, be intentional with it. Uh, another thing. All right. So now we transitioning, transitioning part two. I got to do a quick plug to Minority Trailblazer Nation. Yo, if you haven't already know, if you want to find out more about Trailblazer University, the only, not the only, but a membership platform to help you in your personal and business, check out trailblazersuniversity.com to sign up for more information. Also, if you haven't already, if you're interested in working with me one-on-one for two months straight, make sure you go to greatehill.com backslash mastermind to find out more information to join our mastermind group to take your goal and get to the next level as we close our 2018. So back to the show. Topic number two, speaking mistakes in my speaking career. So a little bit of context. Uh, we started like five years ago speaking. I've been doing it full time for the last two years. Um, I did a year full time, then I fell on my face, went back to working, and then uh, went, got a job, left the job, and now I'm speaking full time again. So I've had a lot of ups and downs. Started in the middle school ranks, high school ranks. I just recently, last year, got into the high, uh, college ranks, like speaking in Georgia, uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. Uh, Harvard, North Carolina A&T, UNCG, a lot of different colleges, but it took a while to get in that space. And I really didn't cross the $1,000 a gig threshold until mid-2017. So the first three years, I didn't I didn't make over 500 a gig. And now we're in around that four grand a gig territory. And like I said, if you're listening to this podcast and it's after November and it's higher, don't be like I misquoted you, all right? <laughs> but it took a lot of time to do that. So I just want to share with you a couple of things that I learned through my speaking journey, and hopefully you can get it. Uh, the first thing I learned or mistake I made was not putting time in on my processes. So when I say that, when somebody books you, there needs to be a process on, A, how they book you. So your contact form. Making sure your contact form is robust. Don't just say name, email. What you want me to talk about and date? It needs to have closest airport. It needs to have um, speaking fees. Um, it needs to have your theme, the purpose, what the takeaways. It needs to have robust contact information page. So when people come, they know you're serious. Like if, if I'm paying somebody ten thousand dollars to come speak, I don't need their contact page, contact thing to be four lines. 
Nah, it needs to be robust. Also, too, so once they book you, what happens? Are you, do you have a 15-minute consultation? How does that consultation work? Okay, uh, a week out from the gig, do you have a confirmation call or um, do you need anything printed? Right before the gig, what happens? The key thing, what happens after the gig? Do you send surveys? Do you follow up? How do you get the contact information from your, your client or, or, or the people that's in your audience? Do you get the emails? Do you have a process of getting the emails? Really putting more time into my processes rather than just getting gigs. So I was getting gigs, but I didn't have a process to get testimonial and get feedback. Like they would be on fire after. And then I'm like, dang, I didn't get the testimonial, or I didn't get this, I didn't do a survey and what I did good and what I didn't. Or the biggest thing, I didn't I didn't have any other pro, um, packages or services after. I didn't have anything. So really focusing on the processes in your speaking business to make it more efficient. Like my boy Daryl Bellamy is great at that. Shout out to D. I know we haven't talked in a while, uh, but he's great at that, man. He's doing his thing. So yeah, be crystal clear on your processes. Mistake number two, I didn't hire a coach. I've been very wary about investing in myself because, I mean, for a large part, I didn't have a lot of money. So I couldn't invest in myself. And when I had a lot of money, I had a scarcity mindset. So I was scared to really invest in myself on a lot of different things. And if you want to level up, one, you need to join the mastermind group. But most importantly, you need to hire a coach. You got to hire a coach that's doing what you want to do. And of course, you got to be a good coach. So there should be a set of questions you should ask for your coach before you sign up with them. But, yo, hire a coach. Um, a lot of my friends that have made the most progress, they had somebody that helped them on their website, helped them on their marketing material, their learning objectives, gave them coaching and feedback, and they paid a pretty penny for it. Like It can range from $50 an hour, $20 an hour, anywhere from $250 to $500 or $1,000. And some people do it by sessions, like packages. So you might do hmm, $300 bi-weekly and have bi-weekly calls. But you have to invest in it. You have to. Just like how you invest in conferences, there's APCA, there's NAPCA. There's so many college uh, or college or whatever industry you're in, there's conferences that you can go meet the people, the decision makers, and also showcase. But a lot of that costs bread. I'm talking about thousands of dollars. So when you get into the speaking business, either this is this two ways, this there's two ways to get into it. One, you invest a lot of money in training and development, invest a lot of money in hitting showcases, you're doing your thing. Or two, you get out the mud. You just start where you at, elementary, middle school, high school, and learn on the fly. And honestly, I learned on the fly. Started out the mud. And I learned a lot from it. I'm glad I have it. So now I can teach and coach people that are starting where I started with no money, no nothing. But I advise you to save your coins and skip some steps. You might have some issues once you get early because of the steps you skip. But it, it, it you don't get no, no honor a mark of honor for being a broke speaker for four years. That ain't cool. That ain't cool. Going check to check or staying at 500 or 750 or 1,000. The goal should be every year leveling up to 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10, and being a big meat in this thing. And the only way you're going to do that is having a community or coaching. Like I joined Platform University with Michael Hyatt, and that's where I got the inspiration behind my own membership platform because his platform helped me with my blogging, helped me with my writing, and how to... Um, grab images and how to write headlines and how to get an audience from the jump. And it also exposed me to a lot of the resources and tools that these people use. There's so many tools out there that can make everything more efficient as far as email, as far as um, engagement, recording. Like The tools are the most important things that you need to figure out when it comes to this whole business and speaking game. 
And I didn't know. So not hiring a coach or investing in a mastermind group or something of that nature was a huge mistake that I made. Actually, I did invest in groups and stuff like that, but I wish I would have had that one-on-one coach experience. Um, third mistake, and everybody's heard this, is not charging more after the first year. So after the first year I spoke, I was still sometimes, I was doing a lot of free gigs, uh, doing a lot of $75 an hour gigs or $75 for a keynote. It's crazy now I think about it. Like I'm going in and I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm better now. But in the day, I, was, I, was, I wasn't that much better like than, than I was back then. Outside of getting more clear on my takeaways and of course my presentation skills have gotten a little better in the, the, the display aspects of it, but I'm still relatively the same guy. But how can we charge like almost $100 more? I mean, 100% more, 100 times more than what I did charge because I didn't set the price. I said in a day, the difference, like it's crazy, right? When I had my first check for 20, no, $3,500, my check before that was 500. The only difference within that conversation is when she said, how much do you charge? And I said, well, it's going to be 2,700 for the keynote. You want me to do four extra sessions little small workshops, I will do that for 30, 30, 350 a session. So it ended up doing two more sessions. So it ended up around 3,500. And I was like, wow, now it's for three hours worth of work. I couldn't believe it. Nothing changed at all. I just made a decision to charge more. I delivered on it, but still nothing changed. So that's just a word of the wise. Like, of course, I, I, I had the, they, they wouldn't follow me for a while I wanted to speak, so they, they were cool with that, but I, I it just, I wish I would have charged more. Just mistake, I think number five, uh, not having an outbound marketing strategy. I lived and died by referrals, which is cool. Referrals are great. Referrals are a lifeline of majority of businesses. However, you still need an outbound marketing strategy. And that doesn't mean cold call. Like I did cold calling. I did cold emailing. A lot of that stuff really doesn't work. However, you need an outbound marketing strategy as far as creating content that multiple, multiple, like say for instance, I want to get into uh, corporate America, correct? So if I want, and I specifically want to work with interns and then first year leadership development programs, and then maybe do a little bit of diversity. So with interns, I have a lot of experience intern. I was an intern. Um, I was a bad intern. And for some companies, I was a great intern for others. So I know what bad looks like. I know what great looks like. So if I'm trying to get into the industry, I need to have a plan on, okay, cool. I need to create a video about talking, addressing interns. Or, and I need to go get some reps with a company and talk to the interns, like build a plan, build a program, etc. And then I need to market it and need to figure out how can I market my, my content to them so then they can make decisions like, yo, I, my, my, my interns will need this. And then they follow up. So I don't need to actually reach out to them, but I need to be intentional about A, how I'm going, how, how will I reach them? B, what kind of content do I need to reach them? And three, is there anybody that I know that can get that content to the right person? So I wish I would have had a far more robust marketing strategy, outbound rather, starting out. Um, also, uh, in regards to that, another mistake I made was not asking direct questions to my contact, my contacts and colleagues as far as ways that they can help me in my business. And this sounds kind of weird because like, hold up, I'm not just going to ask my somebody to say, how can you help me? How can I help me? No, no, no. These are people that I've been adding value to for a long time, giving resources, podcasts, et cetera, and they work for these companies. 
But I was like, yo, because I was meeting too many people that like, yo, I'm working for, uh, they're working for a company. I provide a service. I'm good at my service. They have actually benefited myself from my service. However, they have, they're not referring me to, to speak. And I'm like, man, why didn't they? Well, Greg, you never asked. And when you did ask, if they was like, mm, I don't know, G, then you should have, if they do say that, then say, okay, what do I need, what changes do I need to make for my platform in order for you to make this referral? Is it my learning objectives? Is it my website? Like, what is, what is your hesitation about referring me to get down to the nitty gritty? Because that's what I say. If somebody's like, oh man, Greg, that's dope. And then they have an opportunity available and they don't put you on. A lot of times it's because there's some gaps that they, just because they cool with you, they're not telling you and you need to find out those gaps. But you'll never know those gaps if you're not asking direct questions to your colleagues that are teachers, that are, that work in corporate America, that are part of leadership development programs. Like your contact list right now, go in your phone. If you're a speaker and you need gigs, there's somebody in your phone that knows somebody that can get you an opportunity. The question is, A, you haven't asked that person. And if you have asked that person and they said, oh, sure, and they didn't reach out, you haven't asked that person why they did it and what, what steps you may need to make. So that's one thing. Uh, my last thing on the speaking, and I, I just want to, I, I want this, I don't want this podcast to spill too long. That's why I'm going through them, is I did not use Canva enough. Canva.com is a phenomenal site for people that can't have a lot of graphic and design needs. Because I've been able to get out so many things by creating my own logos, creating my own flyers. And I don't do that all the time. Like something important, I go to my homegirl, Casey Renee. Shout out to Casey Renee. A link to her bios in my show notes. She does all my graphic design work. But sometimes I can't can't reach out because I need a quick turnaround. And Canva saved my life. And I wish I would have used it a lot more early on. So that's kind of a wrap up of my speaking. I have a lot more to say on that, but I, hopefully I was able to kind of add some value to that um, if you're a speaker. So my last section is business mistakes. So I have quite a few. I got about eight I want to share. First business mistake is being too busy, quote unquote, acting without thinking. Majority of my business career, I've lived in the world of execution, putting stuff out early before it's ready. And I love that. That's exciting. That's cool. But as you begin to level up and you really focus on the foundation of your business, like what is your foundation of your business? Like right now, last year, my foundation of my business was speaking. Now it's kind of shifting to having online materials for my audience as well as speaking. That means mastermind groups, membership sites, 30-day challenges, programs so the people that support me in movement, they can learn with me as well. Not just hear me speak, but we can all learn together and grow. However, when you don't think about stuff like that, you build your whole foundation on building gigs like I did. And I spent a lot of time building gigs and not really seeing, yo, you have an audience of thousands of people that want to learn and grow in their careers themselves. Spend time creating content and platforms that they can benefit from instead of them just clapping for your accomplishments and you speaking, you getting the gigs. How can you help them get gigs? How can you help them build their podcasts? How can you help them write their books? But when you don't take time to think, you just focus on stuff that honestly is not even paying, it's not even the foundation of what your business should be on. Because what happened? Because there was months where I didn't get any gigs. So what happened? Wasting time. Wasn't putting in the work. So when you read, you're constantly reading, looking at other material and just getting inspiration and praying on what you like thinking before acting 
it opens up a lot of things. That's one thing I didn't do in my, in my business. I didn't really look at what the foundation was and how it was going to support a broader foundation. So if one thing falls, everything doesn't happen. Like this year, I was able to survive when my conference fell apart. Most people wouldn't be able to survive six months. Like I didn't speak for around four months. Conference fell apart, had no income. Well, how to survive? Well, I had some consulting stuff that I was working on that, that sustained me. But also, too, I, I, I did save a little bit. But I think the biggest thing is that time off allowed me to have a foundation. But a lot of y'all, y'all charging so less and y'all not really making no money. You don't have the expenses and you don't have the savings or the, the money to take time off and to really see where your foundation is. So I challenge y'all to really think about your foundation, foundation of business. Um, mistake number two, overpromising. I was listening to a podcast. I don't know if I necessarily agree with this, what they said, but they said when they first started doing what they doing their thing in their business, their first couple of clients, because they were new to getting paying clients, they tried to underpromise and overdeliver, which is cool. But she said, yo, sometimes delivering is okay. Like delivering what you say you're going to do. If you say you're going to do X, Y, Z, deliver that. And when you spend so much time overpromising or trying to overdeliver, you can get anxiety. You can get anxious on things that you need to do, like things you're trying to do, overcompensate. Like I remember, here's a, I'll try to give y'all real examples. So somebody would sign up to a coaching. Uh, I had, man, I was giving away one hour of coaching and a book for $50 of my time, right? And somebody would buy a book. I would immediately reach out to them to set up the call. And then during that call, I would have an hour call, like a whole hour. I would send them resources after the call. I would follow up the next week because I was like, yo, people really paying me $50 to come talk for an hour. Like, I mean, coach them for an hour. And I didn't realize that was absolutely cheap. Uh, but I did that. And nothing's wrong with that. But I would get cautious when I would, they, they, I would, sit, I would overdo stuff. And then I got in that. But that, that doesn't scale. So when you're doing that for 10 people, now I'm overwhelmed. So I'm making $500, right? But it take, it's taking me 10, 20, 30 hours to remind, remember to send the email, remember to look at that resource, remember to do all that. And all they really need, all they really wanted, to be honest, some of them, was the support. They just wanted a, a quick call, maybe 15 minutes, or this. They didn't even need the whole thing. But I was making myself nervous and anxious about over-promising, trying to over-deliver when all they needed me was to deliver. So that was one mistake I made. Also, two, and this is going to be real. Setting boundaries working with women. I'm going to be completely honest. There's been some situations in business where people that bought products from me have did things in order to maybe get into a relationship or talk to me. And there's been also situations where I have been in business and the boundaries haven't been clear. Like if somebody's working with me or if I'm working with them. I can't, I can't try to have a relationship or even, I can't even go out casually like that. Let's be real. Or if I, if I do, the communication has to be at a level that everything is understood. However, when I first started business, there was no boundaries. There wasn't enough boundaries. So a lot of miscommunication, um, a lot of things that probably went awry that shouldn't have gone awry. And it was due to lack of communication and lack of other things as well. So that's one thing going forward that I know that I'm doing a lot better in, but having balance specifically, because it'd be easy if I was married, but you ain't married, you a single brother doing your thing, and you, you working with a lot of women, because I mean, honestly, a lot of women listen to this podcast, a lot of women are doing phenomenal things, a lot of women are single too, right, so they're like, yo, I can go ahead and kill two birds with one stone, I can get this consultant, I can buy this book, and I can do that too, and me, I'm like, yo, I mean, I'm not out here making crazy plays, but I'm just not using my, my, my discernment enough, 
and having open and transparent communication about what what it's going to look like working together. So that's one thing. Ooh, next thing. This is big. Not paying attention to my credit. In 2013, had a corporate job. Uh, if, if anybody knows my story, uh, senior year was 2011. Had 3.6 GPA. Um, lost. Spent fifteen thousand dollars of my investment in somebody else's. Lost all that money. Took another loan up for ten grand or for five grand. Lost all that. So in twenty thousand, I lost twenty thousand dollars in about three months. Took me uh, seven years to get a four year degree because that next two years depressed, was homeless, suicidal, all that stuff. Rebounding, etc. But I got my first corporate job in twenty. Now I started full time corporate in twenty thirteen as a financial analyst, and at the time, my credit was shot. I took out loans, had credit cards, maxed them all out to do my entrepreneurship endeavors in college. So my credit was horrible. Fast forward to 2017, when I needed like some, because sometimes, especially when you're first starting a business, you don't make a lot of money when you first start out. Like sometimes people do. I'm, 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 some people do. They do it smart, but I didn't do it smart. I didn't make a lot of money. I wasn't charging anything. I was working hard, not charging anything. So in times where if I had a, a cushion on credit, like and most people wouldn't advise this, but I'm people. This is what I did, and it worked. Let's work. I didn't have a credit card, so I had no cushion. So I always had to go back to a full-time job, and I couldn't withstand a month without income. Fast forward to now, I don't have I don't have too much credit card debt, and my credit card score my credit score is over seven hundred because I do have two credit cards with pretty decent limits. But I was able to withstand months where I wasn't bringing the income because I had I had a little cushion. I wasn't had no anxiety, no 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 worry, and plus I had zero percent interest on this card. And it helped me out because I didn't have to go back to what I was doing. I didn't have to just take whatever because I wasn't thing. But without credit, you you always anxious, especially if you don't have the money in your bank account. Like, what do you, why do you think Donald Trump's been bankrupt so many times? He's he probably he's been a, a millions of dollars of debt, but he had credit, so he never got word because something was ever stripped from him. So pay attention to your credit in the business owners, because my mindset was, yo, I'm gonna blow up anyways, and I'm not, I'm not gonna need credit. Like seriously, that's why you say I'm gonna blow up, I'll make a lot of money. I'm not gonna need credit, so it doesn't matter what my score is. Greg, I'm out 29 years old, about to get a house, and I just crept up over that 700 mark. Your score does matter. So pay attention to your credit. Next thing, mistake: not hiring a virtual assistant at an affordable rate to take care of email, social media, all that, etc. When I say that, say take care. That doesn't mean do my my social media and and do all that stuff. I need to have. I always you still have to have processes in place and have a system in regards. But it's important. It is really important to have somebody else. If you don't have a team, somebody else to help you sit through all these emails, to help you sit through a lot of stuff. Specifically, once work starts to pick up, so I would find myself overwhelmed. Checking Facebook, checking LinkedIn, checking Twitter. Uh, Updating my podcast, editing my podcast, downloading the podcast, marketing the podcast, um, sending email requests, following up with people to schedule interviews. There's a lot of stuff that goes into podcasting, into speaking, in the business in general. And I'm in all these different lanes. So I was going crazy, crazy. And all I had to do was spend maybe five, ten dollars an hour, or fifteen or twenty, to hire a virtual assistant. And most of them have packages where you can hook them for like maybe. 10 hours a week and they'll, they'll, hit, they'll, sit you with, uh, they'll hit you with a rate. So if your processes are in line, processes are in line, it helps you out. So that's one thing I messed up on. Last, last three things. Um, I made a mistake not charging enough for my consulting. Also, too, not detailing what consulting is. Consulting is you share me a problem, I give you ideas and solutions and maybe some examples on how you can solve it. 
I don't necessarily go in your system and solve it. That means I'm working for you. <laughs> and some of the consulting stuff I was doing early on, it was more in that vein of I would give them advice, all this stuff, and I would actually be in the system creating stuff for them. And that's not really consulting. But also, too, I wasn't charging enough for my consulting or coaching. People, it may be $50 to $25, and that's cool, but that ain't cool where I'm at. So now, I mean, it's anywhere from two fifty. Tip it's around like two fifty an hour. However, I, I I urge people to go ahead and just get a whole session so I can really do the do do a full makeover and check in. And there may be a higher price point, it may be, but it also too it makes it more affordable and makes it worth your while. If you if you're doing consulting with somebody, you want to make sure it's worth their while. I want you to succeed. I'm not just here in the process of taking money. So I definitely should have charged more. Oh man, a huge mistake I made. Consuming too much content. We have a lot of people that listen to a billion podcasts, read a lot of books, on a lot of webinars, um, watch a lot of YouTube videos. And with their business, with their life, with their goals, they ain't making no progress. So my biggest mistake, there was a time where I would consume so much content. And I was making small steps forward. But at the end of the day, you have to like what, what? What about your business? What about your podcast? What about what about the audience you serving? And I understand you got to learn and develop and grow by getting information, but you you have to get off. The, it's like it's like a baby. You got to get off breast milk at some point and start eating raw, real food. And then once you become a man, you start providing others with food, right? Or as a, once you become a woman, you start providing others, your family and stuff like that. But too many of us are still on breast milk. We still feeding. It's like, yo, dude, you a grown person. You need it. You got a grown goals. So get off the melt. Like, let get off the content. Stop watching Gary V. Keep listening to podcasts because we give stories and stuff like that. But stop watching ET. Stop doing all that stuff and get your job and do your work. Go get your bread. Go get your bag. Go get your change. Do that stuff. Like, for real. For real. Stop the so much, so much content. And so that was my biggest thing. There was a while I was consuming way too much content and we worked on that. So that's cool. And one of my last mistakes of business, and I have a lot, but I just want to make this podcast like quick, brief, and quick for me is under an hour. So y'all, y'all bear with me. Last thing is not having a higher, a high ticket offering. There are people that are listening to the show right now that are had the funds and would like expertise on something, but my highest price offering for a long time was just a book, $20. In book and speaking, but if you're an individual, you don't need me to come just speak to you. It's for or organizations and companies. So what about people that want a book, but I had no means of consulting. I had no 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 dials to coach or anything in that nature. So they were just gonna stay at a twenty dollar level. So my business would stagnate because what about that person that wanted to pay fifteen hundred dollars to get a one on one X Y and Z or to do or to help do X do this do that? I never had a high ticket offering. A higher ticket thing. So now we do have higher ticket offerings for those clients that do want one more one-on-one. And that's why you have levels. So I create free content as far as on YouTube, uh, Instagram, primarily through podcasts. And also, too, I'm, I'm dropping a lot of audio content. So stay tuned. A lot of audio content for my speaking gigs on Tidal and Apple Music soon for free. And that's the first people they really can't afford but there's other people that maybe could do they want to join 12 brothers university it might be around nine to nine or twenty dollars a month for it and they can get continuous content but then there's another person that may want coaching one-on-one so or or group coaching 
or group programs. That's when you have a mastermind. Then also, too, there's one person that wants one-on-one. And that's when you, you charge your, your rate. And maybe 250 and maybe 500 whatever it is. However, you can charge that rate because you have lower price from free to nine for free to $19.99 to $200 a month to a couple grand because you have that information there. A lot of people just go from free to one grand or from free to five dollars to ten. So have a higher price ticket offering for people that want more closer investment and engagement. So I think that's all I really have. I have a lot more game to give, a lot more knowledge, but that's just my, my 20 mistakes that came off the top of my head. I pray that these mistakes, you avoid them. Um, I also pray that if you want to avoid them, you join the mastermind group, greggyhill.com backslash mastermind, or sign up for trailblazeruniversity.com. That's coming soon. And also, too, that you just continue to get the right resources and the right information in order to change the game, man. So that's all I got for you. I appreciate y'all for listening. It's been, right now, we're clocking in around like 48 minutes, so I'm proud of myself. We got in, got out. And uh, yeah, for all my Aggies out there, happy homecoming. For all my, bird, my Eagles out there, happy homecoming to you as well. All my HBCUs, happy homecoming. My PWIs, happy homecoming. People didn't go to college, happy life coming. And yo, y'all keep doing y'all thing. Y'all inspire and motivate me. Uh, as I, yeah, I, I want to say something real quick before you stop listening. I appreciate you. Whether you listen to episode one, through 98. And if you have, send me an email. I got something special. If you listen to every single podcast episode that I've ever recorded, send me an email, at me on Twitter, contact me in some way, and I got something special for you. And be honest about it. But for those that are listening right now, have supported me through everything. Y'all, y'all know I'm transparent. I've been through a lot. I put myself through a lot, rather. And your support, your emails, your texts, your investment, like people that really invest money, best time, best support, best engagement. I appreciate it. I hope I hope I never take it for granted. Hope you don't feel like I ever took it for granted or I've taken it for granted. And we taking things to the next level in 2019. And I want you to be there with me. But most importantly, I want to help you get there. In any way I can, that's what I want to do. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I love the Minority Trailblazer family. I love the movement. And I don't know where I'd be without y'all. So that's all I really got to say. Uh, hopefully, like I said, you got something from it. And I want you to do two things before you go. Make sure you leave a review. We had thousands of downloads, almost to a million. We only have 259 reviews on iTunes. If you got an iPhone, you've been listening to this podcast, be ashamed of yourself. Go leave me a review, please. Five star. Also, share with a friend you think could benefit from this that our podcasters, writers. Dang, I forgot to say um, mistakes about writing a book. All right, I'll get to that in another podcast. But, yo, y'all stay tuned. Next week, I got my boy George Hines Jr. We talk deep. We get deep. So stay tuned for next week. Uh, And also, as always, as I close, make sure you're changing the freaking culture. Good night.